Welcome everybody to episode 3 of the Valkyrie Cast, a podcast about movies, video games, and television. I'm your host Matt, along with me today are your hosts Drew and Tommy, and today we have a very special episode. It is part 1 of our E3 coverage. For those of you who do not know what E3 is, it stands for the Electronic Entertainment Expo, and it's pretty much the time every year that every video game uh, company just comes out and talks about everything coming out, and sometimes just to show off and try to impress everybody. If you're a video gamer, you know what it is, and it's always super, super exciting to get ready for E3. So um, we've got a lot to cover. There's so much to cover that we're actually dividing this into two parts, because there's just tons and tons of information and at many points it feels like you're trying to drink water out of a fire hydrant so it's gonna be interesting so we're gonna jump in our first first thing we're gonna kind of go in order of how the major conferences went the first major conference that happened was EA's conference and so um, fair warning as we go into this some of the stuff we're going to only spend a little bit of time on some of it we're going to discuss more often so uh, bear with us if we get going really really quick and I've warned Drew and Tommy that if I get going real fast and they have something to say just to chime in so don't freak out if they interrupt me or we get a little discombobulated so uh, you guys ready to dive in Drew Tommy man I'm so ready all right so starting off with EA so EA every year is coming out with sports games, and we're the three of us aren't real big into sports games. I think I've probably the only one because in college I played a lot of FIFA, so FIFA is about the only sports game that I was looking forward to. So we're getting a Madden 18, we're getting a FIFA 18, and we're getting NBA Live. Pretty normal. Some things that I saw that were new, um, they're adding kind of a story mode it looks like into Madden and FIFA. Supposedly, I think last year's FIFA game had that. In FIFA, they actually did motion capture of Cristiano Ronaldo, which is one of the best players in the world right now. And um, the story mode is about a character called Alex Hunter, and you're following him as he begins his journey. I believe in FIFA 17, you were playing as him as you started out his uh, you know, first season in the Premier League. And so it's kind of cool that in FIFA 18, it's continuing that. So this character, Alex Hunter, who everybody who's played FIFA 17 apparently knows about who is, you're playing this character again, and you're kind of controlling him, um, which I thought was kind of interesting, you know, kind of different. I was extremely confused because these guys came out called the Men in Blazers, who apparently are huge soccer fanatics, and they were talking about this character, Alex Hunter. And I thought this was a real-life person. It took me a little while to figure out that this was a fictional <laughs> character. I think that's pretty yes. cool that they're, they've got an actual story character and they're doing, like, year-to-year, year, almost, like, real seasons in sports. Like, I'm not a huge sports game fan, like uh, like Matt said, but I think that's kind of cool, though, because, I mean, that's realistic. You've got these athletes that come into these, uh, you know, leagues and they get better or worse or kind of how it goes every year, which is kind of it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I thought it, it was really confusing for me because these guys called the Men in Blazers came out and it just was really awkward to me. And one thing we always notice when E3 comes around is oh, yeah. that we have game developers who are having to talk to people and be on camera. And sometimes it's just really, really awkward. And these guys, they weren't game developers. They're actual podcasters and radio stars and do all this other stuff. But it just it didn't fit with everything else. And it was a little awkward to me. Um, 
but yeah, so the whole story mode seems interesting. Um, I know in FIFA, you and I'm assuming some of these other games, you could create a career and kind of build a team. So I know that by doing this and playing as this Alex Hunter character, you're not able to create your own individual character, which seems a little like a bummer to me because I remember in college, my roommate Russell creating Russell and putting himself literally on the field. So I don't know if you, you might be able to do that, but maybe just not in this story mode, which is called The Journey. Just gotta um, legally change your name and you can put yourself on the field. Just become Alex yeah. Hunter. Just become Alex Hunter. Apparently, as I was trying to figure out, apparently there was a player back in like the 30s or something who was named Alex Hunter and played uh, football over in Europe. And I thought that was extremely confusing. So... Yeah, check that out. Um, the only the other sports game they showed like literally thirty seconds of NBA Live and showing I guess a new control scheme and how to use the 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 sticks to control the character. It didn't really show it off very well to me, and it was only like thirty seconds long. It it really was weird and didn't really fit. But maybe if you play those games regularly, maybe that was a big deal. I don't know. Um, so. That's that's pretty much all the sports stuff. I kind of grouped that together. Uh, so sports games, y'all, you guys, yay or nay, Drew? You know, we played a, a good bit of NCAA like college football game when it was still around in college, um, mm-hmm. and that I, that was fun. And I played some Madden Madden before. I'll, I'll say this: I think these games do couch co-op really well. Like uh, it's fun to sit in the same room and play with people. And uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if I don't know if they still do that because I've not played one in years, like I said. But I remember in college we we would play a lot of Madden and FIFA and other stuff on the couch, and that's always fun in my opinion. Like I'm a fan of actually being able to hit the person who is uh you know <laughs> smashing your face in or, or beating you so badly. Um, I'm always a fan of being able to physically hit them. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, right. they're sports games, you know. No, no, I agree. That's that's the reason that I liked FIFA so much is my roommate Russell loved it and we got into it and it became really competitive uh, among the roommates so we always would compete with fifa and we would always compete with super smash brothers so those were like on the same level for us um how about you tommy do you have any experience playing any sports games uh i literally cannot remember i take it back i think the last sports game that i remember playing was an mlb game for the ps2 uh, I get some. I have some weird enjoyment. Uh, I really do enjoy like baseball games. Yeah, but mm-hmm. not enough to buy them. Yeah, or, I'm with you on that. Especially when it seems like it's the same year every same game every year. Yeah. Which, I guess you could argue the same thing with Battlefield and Call of Duty and stuff. So maybe Absolutely. it's just the perspective and how much you like it. Well, so, I like it a lot. Oh yeah, I remember playing some baseball games back on the N64, and they were always really fun. Yeah. But I, I'm with you on that, Tommy. That you know, I don't enjoy them enough to buy them. So, um, all right. So that that's pretty much all the sports games. Uh, n- going on uh, another game, we got a new Need, Sp- Need for Speed game coming out called Need for Speed Payback. Um, I I like racing games. I don't play them super often. I tend to pick up the Forza games when they come out just because they're so realistic and it's just cool to see all the cars. And oh, we're gonna get the to Forza guys. Oh yeah, it's usually the Top Gear guys are involved, which we love. Which I guess now they're the Grand Tour guys. Um, but Need for Speed, there's a new this new one's coming out. They showed off some gameplay of it. Um, it it very much had this Fast and Furious 
um, style action vibe to me. So we get to see a chase scene where you're in a car and you're chasing down this semi truck and you're running other cars off the road and it, it looks fantastic. Like especially these newer gen consoles really do show off racing games really well, which I guess that's why there's so many of them that come out. But um, looked really good. It looks like it's a little different from other Need for Speeds. Um, the only thing that the only thing is every time you hit a car and you wreck it, it'd go into slow mo. And I do love me some slow-mo. I, I, I do feel like sometimes in movies it's overused, but I, I tend to don't mind it as much. But even for this, I felt like every time you ran off a car, it went in a slow-motion crash, and it just seemed a little repetitive for me. So I don't know if it would be super great, and I don't know if the story would be really fleshed out. But it did it did give me this Fast and Furious vibe uh, action scene thing, which... Uh, could be fun I, I can't imagine the the story might not be amazing but who knows it might be good um drew i know you play forza tommy do you have any experience with racing games need for speed or anything uh i'm gonna go back to the last time that i played a racing game <laughs> was uh gran turismo for the ps2 hey. Not a bad one, not a bad Ladies one. Ladies and gentlemen, Valkyrie cast, experts on <laughs> racing and sports games. <laughs> yeah, we are a little niche when it comes to adventure games and first-person shooters, I'd say. Yeah. Which, we've got a lot of that coming up, but, you know, we want to make sure we well, talk about everything this, here. This may be me personally, and I know what I'm about to say may sound a little elitist. I don't mean it to be, but, like, if I can mm. do something in real life, I just kind of want to go do it in real life. Like, I, I would... I'd like to go just play wiffle ball or baseball with some guys or go see a natural baseball game or if i'm gonna go racing i like to go ride my motorcycle or you know go to a track and you know do some stuff and you know you can't always do that i get why video games exist for that stuff but uh that's just me i, I like games that take me into another world um mm -hmm. that that we can't see here so anyways tangent yeah, no, i can see that no i can see that I, I i've had that thought too but then i realized that there's some games that i just play over and over again and i'm just like i could actually do this in real life but this is so much more fun to do it on here so grand theft auto i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> you can do all that in real life just run up and down and punch somebody in the face well you just what happens. you only got one chance that's it that's right true true <laughs> Okay, so that's Need for Speed Payback. Maybe we'll see more about it. Looks very Fast and Furious-esque. Um, that could be fun. Could be kind of boring. We'll find out. Um, next game that they talked about. Uh, this, this Tommy, is something I think you'd be interested in. And I don't know if you saw this, because I know you were having trouble getting the EA conference to work. But there's a game called A Way Out. It is a unique co-op prison break game. Ooh. So... You have to play it co-op. You can do it split screen, and when it does split screen, it's not traditional up and down. Um, it, it's all kinds of different ways using the camera in real creative ways, or you can do it co-op um, online. But there's two characters, and you're both controlling the characters, and you're teaming. You're working together to try to basically get out of prison. And of course, there's you know probably a, long, a story about it, and there's more to it than that. But what we saw was you meeting up in prison and doing all this stuff to get ready and try to break out. And we actually see you out some, so the story probably continues outside of it. But it was very unique, and especially it being co-op, Tommy. I know that that's you're, you're big into that, and you're missing you're missing the split screen experience, especially with these newer consoles. So when I saw that, I instantly thought of you. Um, what do you think of that? Based on the little bit I've just told you. I mean that sounds like fun. I um, I've been a little saddened over over the last year or so. My wife and I uh, really enjoy playing 
split screen co-op games and that was one of the big problems i had with battlefront when the new one came out is when her and i actually first started playing video games together as a whole uh battlefront was what we used to kind of introduce her into um video games and especially you know shooters um but Mm -hmm. this sounds like a really fun um I don't know. I I like the concept, at least from you know face value of this discussion here. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I'd be intrigued to to see more and possibly get my hands on it. Oh yeah, it's I, I think it, definitely check it out if you haven't looked at it. It's called A Way Out. Um, one cool thing I thought was really interesting is there's you know with these kind of games now we expect we as gamers expect so much more so. There's tons of different ways to do different objectives, which is always always fun. But one thing I thought was cool is the way they do the split screen when you're playing on the same console is different ways. But like if you're playing one of the characters, you may be in a cutscene, and the other person might not be in that cutscene. They're still walking around doing stuff. So mm. that's kind of a really creative way and, and seems real interesting because, you know, you might be stuck having to talk to this character and your other the other person sees you standing there talking to the character and you might have to sneak by or something like that. So. That reminds me of uh, Dead Space 2. Um, if, uh. I, if my memory serves me right, when Clay and I co-opted that, there were a couple moments where something would happen to one of us that didn't happen to the other person and it'd be a a flash here um an interaction there that just was rooted only on one of our sides yeah i think you're right i i've i've played a little bit of that but i've watched a friend play it at like two in the morning with all the lights off terrible terrifying uh so scary but so So yeah that's a way out um check it out all right, the next thing, we've got a tease of a game called Anthem. And based on this, uh, we, we didn't get much from it, but it has almost a Destiny vibe because we have a big wall and we see some monsters and we see we don't really know if they're people in armor or if they have giant mechs. We can't really gauge it, but we see robot suits and jumping around and stuff. And this was a tease and then at the end of the tease we get told that there will be more at the microsoft conference so we actually do have a little more information we'll touch on when we get to microsoft but just based on a little bit of the tease it looked really cool and i can confirm when we get a little further into the podcast and talk about it that it does look really really good um which leads us into the most exciting part of the ea conference to me and i think for y'all too is star wars battlefront 2 we got a lot of information. EA did it right by basically walk, coming out at the very beginning and saying, we're going to give you 30 minutes of Star Wars, and they ended it with that. So, yeah. Star Wars Battlefront 2. The first thing they talked about, which I thought was really fun, is um, John Boyega, who plays Finn in the new Star Wars movie, tweeted back, I don't know when the tweet was, but basically tweeted EA asking, will Star Wars Battlefront 2 have a story mode? And his tweet blew up got tons of retweets tons of uh follows and likes and everything and so they started off with that by confirming yes there is a story for star wars battlefront 2 and it takes place between the return of the jedi and the force awakens which is exciting because we have this expanded universe and we have 30 years of star wars time where we don't know very much at all and this will be some of the first content that we learn from the return of the jedi to a force awakens and let's just be real we're getting a story which is awesome 
So, have y'all, uh, Drew, have you heard much about the story stuff from Battlefront 2? Um, a little bit, not a ton. I know it's Imperial perspective, and I'm really excited about that because I think that, um, I think that Star Wars is fascinating from all angles, including Imperial side. Um, so I'm, oh, yeah. I'm excited to see what most people would consider, like, the villains of Star Wars. Like, I'm excited to see a perspective because, um... You know, I'm a I'm a big Star Wars geek. I think all of us probably are. So I've read some of this the books and and comics and other stuff throughout there. And you know, not everything's black and white. Not everybody that was on the Imperial side was necessarily evil and bad. And not everybody on the Rebellion side was necessarily squeaky clean either. So um, I'm I'm excited for a story. Period. I I, I bought Battlefront last year because mostly because it had the picture of the guy on the crash snow speeder looking at ATAT, and I'm like, how can I not buy this? And it's a Star Wars game. Uh, but I was disappointed with, like, the amount of content. Like, uh, it was fun, but it was real arcadey, and, uh, you know, our clan played a good bit of it right there at the beginning, but it quickly just kind of got boring. Um, so right. I'm excited about a story mode. That was the one thing that felt like it was missing the most from it, um, especially, you know, especially when that game launched, Force Awakens was just about to come out, and, uh, you know, there's this whole re- revitalization of Star Wars and a lot of. It very much felt like they knew the movie was coming out and they were just yeah. trying to get something out to to ride the hype, which it totally yeah. did because it sold well. But the fans, us, we weren't too happy with what we got. Now I will say um, this about the original Battlefront. I jumped in like as soon, after this conference was done, and I played some Battlefront. It's been months. Now, when you say original, are you talking about OG PlayStation? Or no, no, no. Sorry, about... sorry, sorry. The first EA Battlefront. Gotcha. Sorry. Gotcha. The game the we're, we're talking about came out year. or two yeah, years ago. Yeah, came out last year. Yeah, uh, right before Force Awakens. And I, I jumped in just to see how it is. And um, interestingly enough, EA had all the DLC open to everyone, which was a good, good idea, too. And I got to play a little bit. And I had a lot of fun with it. I, I really did because it's Star Wars. You can't be upset when you're a stormtrooper and you're shooting at somebody and you miss and you're like, well... I'm a stormtrooper. What can I do? <laughs> um, you know, I, it's just Star Wars. It's fun, but um, but yeah, I, I, I hope it does well. I think the story is going to go leaps and bounds for it. Um, that's mm-hmm. my thoughts. I think the era is really interesting too. After Return of the Jedi, I remember the first little glimpse they gave was like the the Imperial people, the squad. I guess you're in is like on uh, the Force Minute of Indoor, they look up and see the Death Star explode. Like, that's how the story story starts. And that's just really intriguing to me. Is like, as an Imperial soldier, what do you do as soon as the Emperor's dead and, like, this war is... Like, all of a sudden, the table's been turned. Like, that's really interesting. I'm, I'm really interested and excited to see where they're going to take the story. Right. Now, Tommy, just a little bit ago, you were saying that you were really disappointed in the last Star Wars Battlefront. Does hearing that there is a story mode being the very first thing they announced, does that make you feel a little bit better that maybe they've been listening to us? Or, or how do you feel about that? Well, I should say, I actually um, didn't care that there wasn't a story mode. I'm not a big story mode player, which I know can be kind of sacrilegious to say when I'm talking about video games. Um, and I think that's one reason I love Battlegrounds is just uh, I'd rather play multiplayer and interact with friends and random people and, and kind of live that side of thing. I was more disappointed in uh, EA's Battlefront because it didn't have split-screen mode. Um, I mean, the, yeah, there were a couple. You could do the survival mode and a few other things, but there were so few maps and, and 
it just got really repetitive really quickly and it wasn't something that my wife and I could sit down and just play for hours on end like we did with Halo or the original Battlefronts or you know any other game like that and so I was just disappointed that we you know the game as a whole wasn't bad it was fun yeah. I mean I you know I played a couple hours on it and yeah I, I enjoyed it it wasn't a bad game um, it just to me wasn't what I remember of my Battlefront experiences yeah right. I think too that like I think them adding split screen co-op for everything would have done a lot for the game because think about it you've got somebody coming over your house you gotta kill some time I mean, who doesn't love Star Wars? I mean, who wouldn't be willing to at least pick up a controller for a few minutes to, to try it out? And it was so arcadey to begin with. Like, you know, no one, I mean, you couldn't, it wasn't like one of these super competitive games like Battlefield or, um, you know, Titanfall or like, I mean, it, to me it wasn't. It was just arcadey fun. Um, co-op would have done wonders for that, I think. That, you know, we're over, we're killing some time, let's pop in Battle uh, Battlefront and, you know, play a few rounds on Hoth because why not? Um, so right. I, I do agree with what you're saying, Tommy. I think with one of their biggest problems with the first one, and honestly this one, is I don't think they should have called it Battlefront because when they named it that, everybody imagined what the old Battlefront 1 and 2 yeah. from the PlayStation 2 was, which in that game, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but what I remember was going into these big battles and you having 100 troops that you could use, and when that character died you lost the number and you would deploy as another troop and you only had a certain amount of characters for everything for these big massive battles is that am i right on that Does yeah, it more or less that? um and i know there was more to it but that's what i remember from battlefront um so when they did this and it was really a lot of people described it as it's it's battlefield with a star wars skin which to yeah. me that would have sold right there but maybe i feel like they should have called it something else to create some separation from those old games that are still to this day very beloved among the fans but um you know they're, they're, you know we still got a lot to talk about so let's let's keep moving um can i, so can we I have say a one story. more thing real quick yeah go for it can i just tell ea and whoever else is making stars game the only stars game i want a new version of is a new rogue squadron like that's <laughs> the only stars game on i love rogue squadron so much like if we could get a modern rogue squadron it would make my heart so happy Yes, and it's not Rogue Squadron, but we are excited to see that they are bringing back space battles. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's exciting. We're getting space battles. They've said that this game is going to be three times bigger than the first Battlefront game was, which to me, you know, that doesn't seem that impressive because there wasn't an entire story mode. So three times, you know, that's that's a lot bigger, but you know add a story a really in-depth story mode right there and that's already two times bigger than the last game was so but you know three times bigger we get co-op my question is they didn't clarify when it says co-op is it going to be like the last one like tommy you said where you could split screen but it was only in certain um game modes or are we getting co-op just all together we're going to get split screen co-op or is it just co-op a game mode where you're teaming up with people online um we want to know more about that uh, we got more heroes. We're covering every era of Star Wars, which is exciting because we've got lots of Star Wars nowadays. Um, one thing that I thought was really, really cool was uh, we got to see Stone Mountain 64, which if you don't know who he is, <laughs> he's a YouTuber. He's hilarious. He goes into games and basically pretends like 
he's the uh the person in charge of everyone starts yelling uh barking military orders and stuff and like trying to be really serious and he's really funny he's got normal videos too he's a real nice guy but he he actually shows up and talks about the game a little bit he and what they actually did which i thought this was super awesome tommy i think you'll think this is cool too is they pulled in gamers some youtubers like snow mountain uh 64 and they got to bring them to play the game, and they actually were a part of capturing game footage for the um, gameplay footage that they showed at E3. So they actually showed the players playing around and actually showed them recording the footage, and that's what they actually put together. So when you see gameplay footage, you know I'm sure some of it's staged and whatnot, but this was actual gamers playing this game to get to capture this gameplay footage, which I just thought was really, really cool in a really creative way. And would be fun if you know getting an, an invite of something like that yeah um makes me a little jealous <laughs> yeah right i know that's what i was thinking um they got rid of season of the season pass praise the lord so all the content will be free for it um Thank anytime you. anytime they do something like that though it makes me go okay what's coming though there's yeah. gonna be something there's gonna be some micro transaction or something you're throwing in there which you know i'm fine with micro transactions in games if the major content is free and it's just like those cosmetic things like you know prime titans yeah prime titans oh, prime titans prime cool. storm or like in, in overwatch where you've got the loot that you get as you build up xp or you can just give them ten dollars and get 10 loot loot boxes you know it's it's not uh, game changing stuff it's just cool stuff that you can get but you can still get it in game it just might take longer yeah um we got pre the if you pre-order the game you get uh invited to the beta that's pretty common with these games uh, don't be surprised if uh if it becomes an open beta i don't think i can't think of a beta in the last year or two of a major game that they haven't just done an open beta after. at least for like a weekend or something yes i mean um they did it with titanfall i know they did it with overwatch uh, i think they did it with battlefield one is they they did a week of the beta invite people and then they opened it up to the public for another week which is smart because they're getting you know focused data and then they're able to open it up and test their servers and get even more data so i think that's always cool um Let's see what else. We also you get to play as the droids from the prequel series, which is kind of cool. I don't think you've done that before. And the game, as you're playing certain things, you build up points, and this is how now you will uh, be able to purchase ships or use your points to select the special character. So in Battlefield Battlefront One, you would just find a token somewhere on the field. So it was just a little bit of chance which was cool sometimes, but also kind of lame because you didn't get it very often. So now it's going to be based on, you know, how well you're doing or how you build up these points and spend it. And what's cool about that is these characters, special characters, are not locked to the levels. So, for example, in the um, in the gameplay, they showed a level on Naboo in the prequel series with the clones versus the droids, and Darth Maul shows up and is just ripping through people. And then somebody on the other team actually played as Rey from the new trilogy. So you can, so imagine Yoda fighting Kylo Ren. It would could be really crazy. Um, so that's that's all the information they gave about Battlefront Two. Do you, uh, y'all have anything y'all want to add to that, or anything? Wh- what stuck out to you the most that you're most excited about, Tommy? Uh, I'll be honest. There's there's nothing that really. Um... 
Nothing really for me at the moment. Fine. Yeah, I I unfortunately missed the the launch video and everything. And when I went to try and play it back, um, I was having I don't know there was playback issues. So uh, there's just nothing that really at the moment kind of speaks out to me. I'm, I want to see more of this in person. Um, I'm a little hesitant uh, of mm-hmm. EA's take on this, but you know I'm open to it. But hey, they got rid of the season pass, so. Now that I'm excited about, I do think season yeah. passes are kind of overplayed at this point in life. Mm-hmm. I feel like Titanfall 2, EA did that with Titanfall 2, and I felt like that's been beneficial for that game. You think? Mm-hmm. I can see that. What about you, Drew? Is there anything that sticks out to you? Is there anything that you're super excited about with this? I'm not surprised by anything. I guess I, I, that kind of echoes Tommy. Like it, it seems just like more Battlefront, that like EA's Battlefront and that DICE and them did. Um I will say, I remember uh, some of the content creators they brought in, like Stone Mountain 64 and some of those other guys, some of them were saying that like one thing that they noticed was the guns felt a lot better. That's mm-hmm. good, because they felt real floaty. Um, so um, that stands out in my mind. Like I, And also, it's just pretty. Like It's a pretty game. Um, it was a pretty game when it came out. Um, so Yeah, and this, this one looks real good, too. And it's going to be exciting to see some of these prequel and some of these um, new trilogy places yeah. uh, and in really high def. So that'll be cool. Yeah. Overall, to me, the thing that I'm most happy about with EA is Star Wars Battlefront. We've talked about it the most because it's what they talked about the most. But to me, the one thing that all of this information screams, which is always very, very, very encouraging, is they listen to the gamers yeah everything that i see here and the list that we just did was they heard everything that we said this is cool we like this bring this back we want this we want a story we want co-op we want more heroes we want more more to do we want we don't want the dang the season pass we just want the content we want to be able to play all the all the different uh time periods of star wars because it's a huge expanded universe and it seems like ea has taken what we've said and they're applying it and that's always exciting so so that was the ea conference i think it's easy it's simple to say that we were most excited about battlefront and um some other stuff's cool if you're like racing need for speed's gonna be great if you're into sports games you know who you are and you know you're gonna buy it or not buy it so there's not real much to say about that so that is ea the next biggest conference and what we're probably gonna spend a good bit of time on but not a lot is the microsoft conference now before we dive into this i do want to to say we all have xboxes and we all are not what you would call fanboys i would never call myself a microsoft or xbox fanboys but we all have xboxes and i i have to say we all enjoy playing on our xboxes most of us first started playing together on xbox 360s and so we are we're excited to see what microsoft was going to bring out and so to kick it off we are going to just go straight into talking about the elephant in the room the Project Scorpio is now officially called the Xbox One X. I'm fine with the name. Scorpio is way cooler, but they weren't going to call it Scorpio. Um, you know, people thought the 360 was weird when it came out, and you just kind of got over it. The only problem I have with calling it the Xbox One X 
is their other product in the line is called the Xbox One S. Yep. And that's just going to cause all kinds of confusion this I holiday agree. season. I agree 100%. That's what stood out to me is like <laughs> of every letter in the entire alphabet, X and S just sound so f- similar. Um, oh my gosh. I just realized something though. What? I know why they did it because Scorpio. it's going to be abbreviated XBOX. It's going to be abbreviated ah. Xbox. Yeah. That makes sense. Or it's just I mean, XOX. It's, people are still going to call it Xbone X, but now if you abbreviate it, you wouldn't do XOX because you'd want to include the box. So it's going to be abbreviated XBOX, Xbox. I think the name is the thing that bugs me the most about it because it's just like, I don't know. It's just so many X's. Somebody in our clan was mm-hmm. joking. It was like XX capitalized, a little capitalized on either end, like <laughs> like 12-year-olds used to do on their gamer tags back in the day. Yeah, I feel like I one more X and we've got a porno that. going yeah. on here. Like, I don't know. It's just so many X's. Oh, my gosh. So we've got the Xbox One X. Um, it is the most powerful console ever made. Um, uh, lots of stuff. I'm just going to read through the specs real quick. Um, and then we can kind of give our opinions on it. This is going to be putting out true 4K. Um, it's got six teraflops for the GPU, eight cores clocked to 2.3 gigahertz for the CPU, 12 gigs of GDDR5 RAM, a terabyte hard drive, and it's going to be have a 4K UHD optical drive. So you're going to be able to watch 4K UHD uh, movies and stuff on it. Um, it has a high dynamic range. And um, now, Drew, now, Tommy, I was trying to explain to Drew high dynamic range and what that is. And basically... You might be able to explain it a little bit better, but basically high dynamic range is just expanding the amount of colors and the amounts of uh, whites and blacks you can reach, and so it's stretching all that out where you're getting a more vivid image, correct? Or can you put that in a better way? It is the level and, I guess, distance between your brightest of brights and your darkest of darks. So all the information between shadows where it falls into pure black and highlights where it's pure white there's literally a scale of um, light levels and so the higher the dynamic range the more gradual it is um, it, it's kind of a hard concept to describe because it's a very visual mm-hmm. phenomenon I mean, the best way I- the best way I could always think is when they do those examples of showing, you know, we have the blacker blacks, and it shows those blacks that it's a black image, but it's kind of got this grayish glow to it, and then they make it almost pitch black. And so for the high dynamic range, what, for example, I always use the iPhone. Our iPhones have high dynamic range mode, and what it literally does is it takes an image with the contrast low, so it's darker than it should be, and it takes a picture with it high, and it combines those so you have the darker darks and the brighter brights, but it's right there in the middle where you're getting all of that range of colors and contrasts. Correct? Is that a good way of putting it? Yeah, essentially, yeah. Cool. So, like, so it, could do, it could do high dynamic range. What were you saying, Drew? I was just going to say, so, and, and granted, you, you guys know a lot more about this world than I do. Um, yes. But... It, it, more it, me, but it's yeah. more it makes it makes the image more vivid and obviously that yeah. has also it, to do a lot with the display and everything else but from a signal standpoint it makes images more vivid would that be an it accurate makes way of them describing look prettier. yeah that's that's the gist of it it's a fancy way of saying it's going to make the image look better so those really high-end um specs which if you're a computer person you understand if you're not just understand there's some 
really impressive specs for a console. It really is the most powerful console ever made. Um, something that's super important, I think they clarified, especially with their experience in the past with not clarifying things, is they made sure to say that everything that's Xbox One that has come before is compatible with this. It's not a new console. It's not a new generation of console. Everything that's Xbox One, devices, everything works with this. But the question mm. is, can yes. you play it without plugging in your Kinect? Yes. I don't think it has a connector. <laughs> it, it's, it's got the same as the Xbox S where it doesn't okay. have a connect input anymore. You have to get a USB adapter. Which I is... was I was slightly just being a smart behind because <laughs> E3 where they announced the Xbox One, there was all... Oh, the... you had to have it? Yeah, you yeah. had to have There's the I remember what a fiasco Gosh, that, was that a whole year. launch was because you had to be able to... I don't. I don't remember. I just remembered a whole bunch of things and being like, "Well, basically, Microsoft doesn't want me to play my Xbox." So, it was. You know, I don't want to. We don't want to get sidetracked on it. But the gist of that conference and when it first launched was their PR person didn't know how to talk about these this device, and they over they didn't clarify the really really important aspects of it. That after the fact, when they went, "Okay, you're right, we fixed it," but this is what we were going to do. And the gamers, we were all like. Oh well, no, that's awesome. We we want that, and they're like, no, we're, we've gone back to the old ways of doing it. But anyway, let's we're focusing on the future. We got the Xbox One X, six teraflops, guys, six teraflops. <laughs> um, can I just say? Can I just say for a second? Because we talked about Dragon <laughs> Ball Z. Go ahead and share it, Drew. It was so. Is funny. that what you're thinking? Okay, so like <laughs> we talked about Dragon Ball Z last episode, talking about shit figure out. They had a like somebody took like um the whole his power levels over nine thousand. If you watch Dragon Ball Z <laughs> or if you just like pop culture, you know what I'm talking about. Somebody took it's Goku powering up and put Xbox's logo on his face, and then said the Xbox One X powering up. And then it showed Vegeta and the other guy who were, like, looking at it and had, like, the Nintendo Switch logo and the PS4 logo. And it's, like, sitting there's like, what's his power level? And the guy says, it's over six teraflops. And it was just so, <laughs> so funny. And he goes, what did you say? Six teraflops. <laughs> we should, we'll link that whenever we, like, let oh, this go gosh, to yes. the thing. Because it, it, was, it was pretty awesome. Uh, okay, so anyway, old games that are not 4K will play better and faster than they do now. Um, they have something called super sampling, which is supposed to be making the 1080 image of these older games that aren't 4K look way better. Um, how that works, I don't know. It's just One uprising. Thing... They've been doing that since 1080 hit the streets, honestly. Um, it's just a, it's a form of uh, computational upscaling. So if you have a 4K display... Uh, your 1080 content will not look like garbage kind of like if you go plug an n64 into uh, your tv uh, right now that makes sense. yeah boom knowledge so uh one thing i thought was interesting is it's liquid cooled which cool. i didn't even know was a thing until i started getting into pc uh to PC. playing on the pc sorry <laughs> i just love it so, <laughs> so i got my pc i got this new thing the kids are doing life but anyway um so it's liquid cool it's also got some crazy other way of cooling which i 
couldn't didn't even put down because I couldn't begin to explain how it works because they didn't. But um, and then cool, really cool thing which I was surprised about. It is the smallest Xbox ever. It's really small, even smaller than the Xbox S, which is already pretty small. And um, it looks pretty good. It looks nice and compact and sleek, and it's got an impressive form factor. Um, it launches this November. Um, it launches exactly on the 7th, so the 7th of November, and uh, we won't make you wait to the end of the podcast to find out the price <laughs> like we had to for the conference. It is launching at four ninety nine. So with this, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit. Um, I've got an opinion. Drew, I know we talked about it a little bit. So Tommy, what is your opinion on all of this? Do you think this is something for you? If it is, is it something for you now or later, or do you think you'll ever upgrade to the Xbox One X? Or do you think it's just them trying to like, you know, show off and be better than everyone else? Uh, me personally, I don't think I'll make it. Um, I think this is probably one iteration of the Xbox that I will skip on. 4K isn't a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, HDR is cool, but once again, not a deal breaker. Um, honestly, my Xbox One isn't even plugged in right now. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, I had so many issues with my Xbox One to begin with that um, I can't, I cannot see myself right now spending five hundred dollars on a on yeah. a console. It's got some pretty in, uh, impressive specs, sure, but I'd rather. I mean, I've got a maxed out PC. I'd rather just play that. To be honest, yeah. Now I understand that. Um, I'll share, and then I'll let you share, Drew. I think. It's very impressive, and I'm 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 happy that it is as impressive as it is. Um, coming from enjoying my Xbox and wanting them to do well, um, I think I'll eventually get one, but I won't get one now. And the biggest reason I won't get one now, besides the obvious that I don't need one and it's four ninety nine, is um, I don't have a four K TV, yeah. and so I can't push the best out of what i've got and you know in the future you know i'm i'm probably due for a tv upgrade um um and whenever i get to the point where i need a new living room tv which will probably be a year or two i'm gonna go ahead and get a 4k because that's you know what people they're what they're trying to push for the standard eventually i don't think it's gonna happen anytime soon coming from the video production world um it's just kind of a novelty right now and i still think it's gonna be that way for a little while but you know if my next tv i get which is which will probably be a 4k tv and at that point i've got a first gen the original xbox one and if i can trade that in and you know cut off some of that price and be able to get that beautiful 4k image out of these games that run at 60 frames per second you know i think it'll be worth it but right now as it launches it's it's just not something i need right now i'm impressed with it um I do think, and I know Drew, you're going to touch on this. I do think they mix, missed an opportunity to really sock it to everybody else by making it 500. I think if they had just brought it down to 400, yeah. people would be talking a lot more about it. Um, but let's be real, this the specs on this, I'm actually hap- just happy that they were able to keep it at 500 because I'm not even sure how much they're going to be making on these out the get go. Um, so for me, that's my thought. You know, it's going to be cool. I'd love to see one, I'd love to play one, and I think I'd love to have one because the one thing that I was talking about earlier is as I've been playing PC, 
Um, and I don't have the highest graphics card and all of this. And if I was to do that, I'd be spending about this much. But even with what I've got, um, PC games don't seem to be to be as stable as console games. And maybe that's just my experience. But it's besides hitting bad connection, I don't ever have an issue with a console game running great. Unless you have it is not a game... played Alien Isolation. That okay, game has become so plagued. It's funny because when it was first launched, it was fine. But there have been two or three instances where we've gone to try and go back and play this with a group of friends mm-hmm. at night. And it has become the buggiest, most lagtastic game mm-hmm. I've ever now, touched. Now, Tommy, is that the one where you've got the little reader that can tell you where the, where the xenomorph is and you're like, hiding around it's not the one yeah with the it's all around. it's all stealth based and um yeah, yeah and I've so seen that and it's it looks amazing it looks like an amazing game oh it's absolutely fun it's one of the hardest games i've ever played i still haven't beaten it yet and i've had it since you know right after it launched um haven't had a right. whole lot of time to devote to it but um you know it lag in that scenario makes it really hard because literally one false move and you're and you're done yeah well and i, and think... I get that I think we go ahead, Drew. About. Your turn. Go yeah, ahead, well, and to say chime in what you were just saying. I think, I think why console games seem to be more stable, especially someone going to the PC, is, you know, PC. There's a million and one different PCs. There, I mean, and up until this point in time in console history, there's usually only a console. There's usually a Xbox 360 or a Xbox. Um, you know, we're just now getting to the point where you know, PS4 Pros and Xbox One X and Xbox One S are things. Um, so well, they had you know, the Elite and the Arcade, though, not to... to wasn't that just you. mostly... Well, true, but of, that's uh, just... Yeah. yeah, that was memory not, and stuff. Yeah. That wasn't as much of about raw power. Oh, what, I was saying, okay. that's yeah, what, I, what I was saying is, like, you know, when you're designing a game for a 360, or when you were, or even Xbox One up until... Everything's really, the same. Just now. Yeah, you know, you know how much RAM, you know how much speed, you know, you can optimize it for this setup perfect. I mean, we've got a friend who has a super, I mean, Clay, who's on the first episode, he's got a 1080 Ti in his PC, which is like a super nice graphics card, but like Battlegrounds gives him trouble because of it. Um, so mm-hmm. I just, I think that may be part of that. Um, mm-hmm. To go on to my thoughts on Xbox One X, besides the name being weird, um, here's what <laughs> I think. I, I'll tell you this. The the guy who got up on stage to like introduce all this seemed just flat out giddy. And Phil um, Spencer? Not Phil Spencer. By by the way, I do feel I feel like Phil Spencer is just like that really cool uncle everyone has though. Like I like <laughs> that guy. I can't tell you why. I just like him. He just seems like that cool uncle who shows up once a year and tells me about cool crap and then leaves. That's basically he's always he's always got that like sly smile. Yeah. Like like he's that uncle like uncle's a good example he always looks like he's that uncle who like gave you a pocket knife when you were like yeah. eight years old when you like, really, really shouldn't have a pocket knife. just give you that smile like yeah i just gave you that pocket knife <laughs> here's your xbox Go one X. balloon <laughs> no i agree like um i like phil spencer a lot i just think he's he just seems like a cool guy um but they I, listen microsoft is very proud of this console they are they are they're letting everyone know it's the most powerful console ever made as as they should be yeah no Mm -hmm. and listen i think it's neat the little i know about you know architecture of consoles and and computers and stuff there's a lot of time and thought put into this thing um and Mm -hmm. i i appreciate that i think that shows and um 
Overall, I, I think, you know, I think Kotaku, I was actually reading about this earlier today. Kotaku, they had an article on this, and, and it titled it this, and I think this sums it up really good, especially my thoughts. The Xbox One X is impressive, but it doesn't seem essential. Um, and I agree with that. I, I think it's great that they just launched the most powerful console ever, but they didn't leave every single other Xbox gamer in the dust. I'm so glad that this fall I don't have to buy an Xbox One X to play Destiny or these other games I play with all my friends on Xbox. I love that we, we're in an era now that, you know, um, if you don't have a 4K television and, and you don't want this necessarily raw power, you're not missing out because of that. Um, that's that's something that PC gaming's had for a long time that I'm glad's coming to the console. Um, overall, I'm kind of with Tommy and, and you too, Matt. I don't have a 4K TV. 4K has never really impressed me that much. Um, I think gaming on 4K will be awesome one day. I really do. Um, and I've got some thoughts on that, like when we talk about the Forza game they announced, which is probably the next thing we're going to talk about. Like, I think it looked amazing at 4K at 60 frames per second. Like, I think mm-hmm. it was amazing. Um, and I think we're going to get there one day. I just don't know if right now... Here's my biggest thing, and, and here's my thought, is like, I don't have a 4K TV, so if I was going to buy one of these to really get the most out of this Xbox One X... I'm going to have to drop another grand or so on a television. Um, and that's just too steep right now for me personally. I mean, like I said, like you said, next TV I buy, it'll be a 4K TV. And then I'll probably consider getting one of these after that. But um, but for right now, like um, I think I think I'm going to wait and see. I'm, I'm, I'm excited it's out. And I, I almost wonder if Microsoft's trying to go kind of like the Apple route. Like some people just want to buy the most expensive thing. Like they want, mm-hmm. they just want to have the best. They want to have the fastest. And I have no doubt. Like we've already got a guy in one of our, our in our clan who is like he's gonna buy one of these the day it comes out because it's the fastest and the best. Like that's why he wants one. Um, so yeah. I I get it and I think it's cool. Uh, but like here's my thing. Like the Xbox One S, which they just put on sale for two fifty, half the price. Um, it can play. It can. It does. Um, it can play four K movies. Um, not true 4K, but it can upscale it, I guess, or checkerboard it. So I was reading something about that. It has HDR. Um, it's got a lot of this stuff that the Xbox One X has. For me personally, that would I would be getting out of this one. Uh, the only thing I'm curious about, and they haven't hit on this, they've said it will make any old game play play better. I just I don't know. Like, it, you know, if if it would make Destiny run faster, make my menus go in and out like three times faster i would buy one Gosh, tomorrow those menus. Those yeah. menus kill just that's as many probably more bungee than anything else but you know if, if it would play every game faster and smoother if they would uncap um the frame rate and i would know that every game i'm playing at 1080 is going to run 60 frames or more no matter what i would be a little more intrigued but i think that developers are going to lock it at stuff i mean if, if bungee for instance i play destiny a lot but if bungee came out tomorrow and said the Xbox One X can play Destiny and in 1080 at 60 frames per second. I would probably buy one, um, but they're not going to let that happen, and that's fine. Um, so for me personally, I think it's really cool. I think it's awesome. I think it's definitely for some people, uh, but it's not for me, I don't think, right now. Yes, I think we all universally think it's really cool, but maybe it's not really what we need right now. So that's the Xbox X. Um, now we're going to jump in and we're going to move through these pretty quickly. Some we're going to touch on like the first one. But um, first off, 
coolest thing when we did our predictions uh one of the things i said and i know y'all mentioned it too is we were saying we wanted to see we haven't heard much from microsoft on what games they've got coming out this year we knew halo wasn't going to be here um and i said i wanted to see exclusives so phil spencer came out and met my wants and said we have 42 games we're going to show you today and 22 of those are exclusives yeah which just kind of blew my mind so um, I'm going to try to clarify when they're exclusives and what's tricky and because these were a lot of these were just rolled off real quick a lot of these are exclusive to Xbox and Windows 10 because they're doing this this com- combination thing so if I say exclusive it means Xbox and probably Windows 10 in some um, instances so number one we have Forza 7 um, really cool they revealed a brand new Porsche 911 supercar um, at the show, they they've been doing this the last couple of years with pulling out these cars that are actually on the cover. Um, a couple of years ago, they had the brand new Ford GT, which is super cool. If you like cars, you you think it's cool. If you don't, you were probably really really bored. But it was really impressive. Um, the game runs in 4K at 60 frames and looks gorgeous. It's coming out October 3rd, and it's going to have over 700 cars. And me and Drew love the Forza games because they're so realistic. And uh, Drew, you were saying that you um you were really interested in this oh and also forza of course for those who don't know is an exclusive to xbox so um drew what what were you saying you wanted to mention about forza i just thought it looked beautiful like um and granted i'm not one of these racing guys who has like a steering wheel and the gear shift and all that but i remember picking up i think forza 4 and it made me kind of fall in love with it, it kind of made me fall in love with car culture a little bit and fall in love with just racing games. It's just fun. Um, I think it's, it, you know, you can ramp it up where it's like simulator level or you can just have a fun time driving around a, a you know, a Ferrari or something. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I just thought it looked beautiful. I thought the weather looked awesome. I remember at one point they were like inside a car and like the windshield wipers were like rattling like they do when you're at speed. Um, I thought, I just think it's cool. I mean, I'll probably pick it up because it's Forza. And you need a good Forza okay. game gorgeous game if if you're not into racing games it forza is always a good choice um though you do need to know that forza unlike some unlike something like uh need for speed or the burnout games is it's not as much of an open world game where you can just kind of drive whatever most of the time it's just on the tracks so uh, that's something to keep in mind but still probably the most realistic and uh well thought out racing games out there if if i had as you said the steering wheel and pedals and everything this would be the game that i would want to play it with and um tommy we know that you've already said that you really haven't played any racing games but um uh do you have any thoughts on forza you think it looks pretty i mean no it looked gorgeous i that was one of the few uh commercials i actually did catch and i i gotta give them props that it looks like a beautiful game i think i think xbox just realized that cars look really good with high-end graphics and they're just like we always have to open with that because they look fantastic yeah and I, will, I will say it was really the do. only game that i saw that i was like okay if if like i was really wanting forza 7 i could maybe see buying xbox one x because like it was the only game i saw out of everything they showed that I was like all right that's that's beautiful like i can mm. tell that's like i have a hard time telling 1080 from 4k sometimes and I did not have a hard time noticing that all that stuff was in 4K. 
Right. So we also got uh, to see some gameplay, a little bit of gameplay for a game that, as I saw it, I thought, this looks a lot like a Metro game, but it looks so good. And then at the end, it turned out to be the new Metro game called Metro Exodus. Um, looks fantastic. Not a lot of information on it yet, but I've only played a little bit of those games, but this new one looks really, really good if you like the kind of post-apocalyptic, searchy, you know, games like that. Um Next up, we have uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. So, um, they took a year off. Normally, we're getting Assassin's Creed almost every year, but they took some time off, and this is what they brought out. The um, location is Egypt. You play as the last Magi. It's actually going to be the origin story of the Assassins. The original game, we were following um, Altair, who began what we understood as the modern Assassins, but this is actually the beginning of the original Assassin's Creed order so that might be pretty cool the only thing that I saw in the gameplay that I thought that's cool is you have a pet eagle he can fly up and spot enemies for you beyond that the combat looks typical Assassin's Creed if you're into these games you're probably gonna love this um, if you're like me you've played a lot of them but the last few have just kind of died off and you've lost a little interest in them um, you might just you might be me and just kind of apathetic about it so I'll have to wait and see how the reviews are but for now, it just looks like another Assassin's Creed game with a couple little extra things thrown in there. Um, thoughts on that? There's no mini-map. I saw that. That was like the only thing I really? saw. I didn't I, notice I, that. I feel the same way you do. Like It just looks like Assassin's Creed. But evidently, there's Which no mini-map, and somebody pointed not, that out. Not a That's negative thing. But, no. you know, going back to earlier when we said, you know, same thing with some games are just repetitive, you know, but... Um, so uh, Mixer got a shout out, and if you don't know what Mixer is, Microsoft has a streaming service called Mixer. They introduced it on the Xbox recently called Beam, and it's integrated into the Xbox, but now they've rebranded it probably just a month ago, not even that long, as Mixer. Um, it's built into Windows 10, and it's built into the Xbox, and to be honest, uh, I, I we really like it. Um, me and Drew have been playing around with it. One of the new features that is you, super unique is you can do uh, co-streaming with up to four people. So you can have four people's screens on one screen watching everyone's perspective, which with a game like Battlegrounds we've been playing is super awesome. And so if, you, if you're thinking about getting into streaming and you have an Xbox or Windows 10, check it out because it's really simple just to get going. And you have it linked to your uh, gamer tag if you have a gamer tag. So you can literally just have it as mixer forward slash your gamer tag so it's super easy to be able to find that so i was happy to see that they got a shout out um uh some of the coolest news and probably to me the biggest wow thing that happened at the microsoft conference is player unknown himself brendan green came up and talked a little bit and so if you caught our very first episode of our podcast you know that player unknown is the guy who kind of spearheaded and created the battlegrounds game that we've been enjoying so much the battle royale type game we talked about a couple weeks ago when we had that first episode that we knew it was coming to consoles but we didn't know when he has come out to confirm that it's coming out later this year to consoles but what he confirmed that what we didn't know was that it's going to be exclusive to Xbox, which is huge because this is one of these games, one of the mo the biggest games to blow up in the last uh, couple months. And so for it to be exclusive on the Xbox is a really major thing to us. Um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm curious to see my Xbox friends who've been watching us play and don't have a PC jumping in on this. Um, 
Tommy, do you have a thought on that? What do you think about it being exclusive to Xbox? I'm excited that I can finally get my wife hooked on it. And Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's great. Um, exclusive titles, I, I don't know. I don't really care if they're exclusive or not, I guess, because I own a PlayStation and an Xbox, so if something's exclusive, I just... So there really is no exclusives for you. No, I'm I'm all inclusive here. Um, <laughs> Tommy welcomes all. <laughs> um, I think it's an interesting move and a bold move, and uh, I'm have we? I'm I'm curious. Have we really seen exclusives really benefit games though? Like I remember the first Titanfall. Like would Titanfall one have done better? had it not been an exclusive i think that certain games benefit the consoles when they're exclusive but not all titanfall i don't think was as a big deal because they came out right away and said the second one was not going to be exclusive and you know that's you know but like for using a playstation example there are a few games that have been PlayStation exclusives that have made me go, man, if I had the money right now, I would buy a PlayStation 4. The one that came That's out fair. this past year was uh, Horizon, um, Zero. Horizon Dawn. Uh, it looks amazing, and it's one of the best games that came out with the PlayStation recently. So there are, I feel like, some games that, like, um, you know, for us who grew up playing Halo, Halo could be that. You know what, Touche? Anything with same thing with like uncharted for my, my friends Theft Auto. yeah yeah i guess i haven't paid I mean, attention too much about some of these games not really being uh cross-platform um what i'd mm-hmm. love to see those and we talked about this i think in the last episode with battlegrounds coming specifically and exclusively to xbox i really want them to incorporate a cross-platform with the pc where yes. you can jump in parties and play with your friends who are on console while yeah. you're on your your PC. I think that would yes. be that would be a awesome. Huge trendsetter. Oh my gosh, we would play so much better against some console players. Um. On PC. <laughs> my AD <laughs> so much better. <laughs> but no, I agree with you 100. I'd love to. I think that's an awesome opportunity to have this. I, I dare to say, call it an indie game, but you know. That's, it's kind of an indie game, I it guess. It is. No, I it isn't. It. It's an independent game. I would, so. and I think they're making not just like wakes. They these guys are making tidal waves with this title, and I'm really excited to see what comes up. I'm skeptical a little bit. They said that there's going to be. Um, I'm skeptical about what they're supposedly doing to beef it up for the One X release. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I have noticed, and and even Clay has noticed, this game um, is not, you know, is not as beautiful as Forza. Um, no. But gosh darn it, it's a it's a memory hog. Gameplay. Um, yes, that's true. Oh really? I haven't thought about that. Sorry. I thought you meant like memories, like you're making memories. You're talking about RAM. No, I'm talking. Yeah, I'm talking about <laughs> regular video card, uh, like Grand I mean, Theft Auto. It's that too. Yeah, like Grand Theft Auto, I could play on Ultra and pull like almost a hundred ten frames per second. Um, I have my custom settings with a majority between mid and high for mm-hmm. smoother gameplay on this, and I average at about fifty-five. Yeah, I, I I'm with you on that. I would say this: the um, I play mine on high with a couple things on low, um, but I average right at sixty also. 
and but I will say the the screenshots they had for it looked like higher than ultra settings. It the, they the, did. the clips they showed look incredible. So we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, I feel like we could talk about um, exclusives a lot. But um, well, we and gotta, just to throw one thought on that to too, like you have to think yeah. Nintendo. I mean. Zelda on a, anything but a Nintendo, Mario on anything but a Nintendo. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what Nintendo is. So, all right, guys, thanks yeah. for thanks for proving my exclusivity <laughs> thing. Just yeah. you not know, only did you kill it, you guys sunk it. I think <sighs> I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I think we should have an entire episode talking about what we think of exclusive titles, and we, that that might be some a topic. It's a short-lived episode. Well, and it's also right. interesting too because like, <laughs> all these Xbox exclusives aren't really exclusives. Like they're all on the PC too. So like a- exclusive games aren't what they were when we were kids or even a year or two ago. So that's interesting right. too. So this is the part of the show where uh, Microsoft just went through a ton of games, and I'm just gonna walk through these and say them. There's a couple we'll touch on, but I'm gonna try to save those to the end. So this is gonna go pretty quickly, and I'll clarify if these are exclusives. So we got to see State of Decay 2, which is a zombie game. It looks really interesting because it's gonna be choice-driven, and you're gonna be able to build bases and stuff. That's exclusive. Um, a game called Deep Rock Galactic, which is also exclusive. Um, not a lot about that other than it looks like a team exploration game where you're down in tunnels fighting things and digging and stuff. Looks like it'd be a fun co-op game. Uh, a game called The Darwin Project, also exclusive. It looks like a Battle Royale contest game. They, they had an announcer come up on stage. That and was, was weird like, to me, by the way. It was very weird, but basically he was you know, announcing what was happening in the game, so I think that's supposed to be a character in the game. Um, not a lot. Of, most of these, there's not a lot of information out at all. Just, you know, short little clips of it. Um, we got a Quickly, Minecraft update. Yes, I, I don't mean to, uh, don't mean to interrupt, but there was something on that game watching him announce that um, I thought it was really kind of weird the integration of mixer yeah no i saw that too what like somebody gave them a shield right it was like hunger games okay necessarily know yeah but yeah there's supposed to be this interaction with um viewers on mixer which um i don't know like i'm really nervous about how that could go because that could either be like really amazing or, or stupid, broken. Really, I'm really gonna hate that. I'm sure I they're missed, gonna find some I balance. That, but I do know that Mixer has these like currencies that you build up as you just watch things. Um, I think they're called Sparks, and you can use them in different ways. But it hasn't been out long enough for it to be, to me, really have seen a way of using it. So um, that'll be interesting to see how that is. I I missed that. I'm glad you, you did miss that it, out, Matt, probably. because I wrote in my notes like it was my last note because literally the shoutcaster said oh man that guy just got a shield from one of the uh, one of from someone from the feed and it saved him uh, and i was uh, like wait what i did not catch that yeah interesting yeah. so darwin project it might be more of an experiment with mixer um that makes me wonder if uh hmm that would be interesting so let's keep an eye out on that so um uh, keeping going uh we got a minecraft update 
hallelujah, the first time we've seen these words at E3, and as far <laughs> as I know, the only time we've seen it, we're getting cross-play in a game. Minecraft's <laughs> new update is bringing cross-play between the PC, tablet, and the Xbox. It's all hey. I've ever wanted. Hey, hey it's hey, also doing steps, Switch guys. and PS4. Like, it's cross-play ah. between everything. Which, ah. Minecraft Ooh. brings everyone together. Why can't we do this on up more games, guys? And mobile, too. iOS. Oh, yes. That's impressive. Well, I put tablet in my mind. I just throw phone. Well, I wonder if it's because you can build your own Minecraft server. And yeah. so they're kind of... If you're providing that tool, I wonder if they're... I wonder if that has to do with it as opposed to... Um, the way other servers typically work for games. Right. Um, the other thing that comes out with it is they're doing a 4K update for it, and they're doing a graphics pack called the Super Duper Graphics Pack, which makes the game look fantastic. And if you've ever seen like high-res um, images of mods on the PC for Minecraft, it looks like that. So it's going to be coming to all the, the different consoles and everything. So that's really exciting. Um this game I thought was one of the things I was, I thought looked super cool. We get a Dragon Ball Z game, so this is called Dragon Ball Fighter. But it's I've played some of the old ones when I was younger of like the Budokai games, which were super fun if you ever watched Dragon Ball Z as younger. But this it looks like a more traditional side fighting game, kind of like Street Fighter. Uh, but it also has a three versus three element. But it, I think that's similar to how Capcom versus Marvel does it, where you pick three characters. And you just kind of cycle through them. Um, but the thing that was the coolest to me is it looks amazing. It looks like super high quality anime animation. Yeah. Plus super crazy effects thrown on top. And if you saw the Street Fighter game they came out for the consoles um, a year or two ago, it looks like that. All those crazy effects. It looks fantastic. So if you like Dragon Ball Z, definitely keep an eye out for that. Um uh, there's a game called The Last Night coming out. Uh, it's an exclusive. It looks like a pixel version of Blade Runner. Looks yeah, really the cool. The art was really pretty in that. Mm-hmm. There's a game called Black Desert that's exclusive. Um, I don't really remember much about that. Do y'all? It's already out on PC. It's just an MMO. Okay. Uh, a game called Artful Escape is coming out. That's an exclusive. It looks like a really trippy platformer. A game called Code Vein, uh, which doesn't come out until 2018. It, it looks like a Final Fantasy-styled uh, hack-and-slash or RPG. It's kind of hard to tell just from the trailers. Um, we're going to come... There's a game coming out called Sea of Thieves, or Rare. We're actually going to talk a little bit about that in a second. Uh, a game called Tacoma, which is exclusive. A game called Super Lucky Tales, which is exclusive, which looks like Tales from Sonic <laughs> got his own game. Um, it looks him. like looks like Spyro or Banjo-Kazooie, those types of games, which a lot of people love. Um, Cuphead, which is exclusive, has finally gotten a release date of September 9th. This game looks like uh, the old-school Mickey Mouse cartoon, and it, it looks super fun, and a ton of people have been waiting for it. And it is coming out this year, finally, people. Um, whew, keep going. Crackdown 3 is coming out. It's exclusive. Terry Crews is in. He was, you know talking about it and so um so am i love me some terry cruz it looks crazy i've never played the other crackdown games but this looks like a really really fun game um tons and tons of indie games that were teased a game called ashen which is also exclusive it's an indie game it looks really creepy the people in it have no faces but it looks visually stunning um 
we're getting a Life is Strange prequel. Never played the first one, but it's a Square Enix game, so I'm sure it's really good. Um, uh, Ori and the Will of Wisp is a sequel to the other Ori game, which a lot of people like. And right now is on sale on Steam for half off. I saw that a minute ago. Um, so jumping back, there are two games we wanted to talk a little bit about. One is, uh, let's go ahead and jump back to uh, Sea of Thieves. So, Sea of Thieves is this piratey game, and it just looks fantastic. Tommy, have you seen any of this? Uh, I haven't, but I'm actually currently looking at it, and it looks like fun. It looks... Drew said it reminds him of Wind Waker. Uh, yeah. The Legend of Wind Waker. Um, but it looks, looks like, like Banjo-Kazooie. Be... Yeah, it kind of looks like that, too. It's Rare yeah. who's making it. It's Rare that who's making it, why. which is why it looks... Yeah. No, there's um, literally a Banjo-Kazooie on one of these... <laughs> Like I don't know if it's a poster that somebody just cropped him in on, but there's a uh, there's a sea of thieves where Benjo. Okay, now I'm I'm actually convinced somebody's just photoshopped this in. <laughs> um, I got really excited. I was somebody tricked me, Tommy. Yeah, somebody tricked uh, me. Um, it looks it looks like a, a co-op pirate game where you have a ship and you're you're all doing adventures and in the gameplay you, you find a map and you go on an island and you just you're fighting skeletons and picking up treasure and you're working as a team because whoever's carrying the treasure chest can't be fighting and this looks is... really fun it looks like a lot's going on um drew you said you were excited for it so this uh, is like this is like the one thing like i walked away from the microsoft conference like this is what i'm mo- so far in e3 this is what i'm most excited about because it just looks like fun and i just could see all the guys we play with and all all, all the people in our clan just goofing around on a pirate ship and then sinking it accidentally yes. and then getting eaten by a kraken i don't know it looked awesome like also and tommy i'll send you the link and, and anyone listening to this just go and like watch it's like a 10 minute video six minute video something like that uh of of the developers because it's the funniest e3 like video i ever saw because like they jump in the water to show you can swim underwater and there's like this sunken ship and they're like you never know what's gonna be in a sunken ship no really we, we haven't finished the game yet we don't we don't even know no no we're just kidding we're just kidding and like the whole game they talk it about was really funny it was really i mean they were making fun of themselves and i love that and um i don't know man pirate games we just need more pirate games i think yes yeah like there was this moment where games too yeah there's this moment where one of the guys jumped in a cannon on the ship and got shot out of the cannon like on my notes i just have man cannons in capital letters with exclamation <laughs> points um, oh man that can be so rough oh yeah it just seemed it seemed like a it just seemed really fun um i really thought there was some very smart design choices like you just said matt like somebody picked up a treasure chest they were trying to get their loot back to the ship so he can't fight. So then you've got everybody else on the team. They've got to take care of that guy so he can mm-hmm. get going. Um, and the art style is really pretty, too. It just looks like fun. And, and the treasure map was riddles. you got to figure out riddles. So it's it's kind of like a puzzle game also. And then like there's crazy weather, and you're fighting another ship, and the guy jumped in the man cannon and flew all the way over and landed on the other ship and took, off, took it out and... <laughs> You can swim and all this other stuff. And... Looking at it here, this looks like something that I could grab my nieces and nephews. Oh, yeah. Around yeah. like 9 to 10 and just put some popcorn and have some fun. And <laughs> it almost reminds me visually you pretend of... pretend to be a captain and they could be your crew. Yeah. Uh, get to get to rowing, munchkins. Um, <laughs> makes me think of uh, that Donkey Kong 64 like, oh man, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get that vibe. 
I get that vibe. I did too. until you just said that. Mm-hmm. The water looks own, beautiful too. Side my, note. Oh, yeah. Apparently, oh, sorry. Apparently, there is a video of them talking about how they made the water. And yeah, I just be really watched good. it beforehand. It was. Awesome. I didn't get a chance to watch it, but my only worry for it is it seems like a very team-based game, and I want to know if I'm going to be able to play if my friends aren't on. And that's just something we'll find yeah. out later. But it seems it is, much more team-based, which I'm fine is, with because we have a lot of friends who play games and stuff. So it, it is a Play Anywhere title, which means you'll be able to play PC and Xbox with each mm-hmm. other on it. So that's, that's Ooh, good. Right. That, that adds at least more people you can play with. It. We can play True. Tommy on his PC on our Xboxes or vice versa. I actually True. think this is one title I would probably buy for the Xbox. Do we know if there's split screen? I agree. I don't um, know that. I know it's co-op. We've only it's we've co-op. only seen we've only seen one perspective so far. Okay. Um that would help it. Cool. So that one we're really excited about. The other one we're really excited about is Middle Earth Shadow of War or Shadows of War. This is the sequel to the Shadows of Mordor game which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um it, there's there's it, there's not a lot new that we've seen about it, but we know that they've enhanced the Nemesis engine, which is where you can take over the enemies and build your own army. Um, and apparently, that's going to play a major role in it. And it just if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, it looks epic. So um, that's uh, that's a lot of the games they went through. Uh, there's only a couple things left with the Microsoft uh, Microsoft uh, conference. Uh, they have a couple years ago they did backwards compatibility which for us seemed huge they've done over 385 backwards compatible games so far and today they or the other day they announced that they are bringing back they are doing backwards compatible og xbox games the original xbox um and so that's not really a thing that will sell consoles but i think for gamers this is that's pretty huge um, I mean, I still have a, a CD case full of my original Xbox games sitting. Well, yeah, exactly. Office, so. And and the thought of going, you know what? I remember that. Uh, just to use an example, I remember the original Halo Combat Evolved, and you can go to GameStop and probably buy it for five bucks, and now you can maybe come and play it. But the, yeah. um, the only one they've confirmed is a game called Crimson Skies, which I actually Ooh. have played in the yeah. arcade, in an actual arcade before. So. Um, That'll be exciting. It doesn't hurt um, anything because the Xbox 360 backwards compatibility is just nice. You know what I'm saying? It's just nice. Yes. So it doesn't hurt anything. All right. Right. And so the last couple things, they've, they're have they doing 4K updates to some games like Forza Horizon 2, Gears of War 4, Killer Instinct, and uh, Minecraft, which we already talked about, um, which is exciting. doesn't apply to us. but And then the very last thing they talked about, we teased it, and we got to talk about it a little bit at the beginning of the podcast. This game called Anthem. Now, this game looks interesting. The world, to me, visually reminds me of that game, Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that it's like that game, but like it just the the way the world looks reminds me of that. Um, it does have a Destiny vibe. You play as freelancers, which we don't really know if they are, you know, bounty hunters or if they're protecting the people, but you know. You basically have these mech suits that make you a little bit bigger, um, almost kind of like Master Chief level, a little bit bigger than Master Chief, um, and you can completely customize them. There's different types of mech suits, some that are well-balanced, some that are heavy, some that are light, you know, the typical, you know, tiered si- system for stuff like that. Um, but what was really impressive is the game looks good. We get to see a main character get into one of these mechs, 
walk to the edge of the wall or whatever it is and see this big open area in front of them and literally just jumped off the wall and you pulled out jetpacks and just started flying around like iron man yeah and it looked epic and it's a huge open world and we get to see some gunfighting and some four-man team up and some crazy weather changing we didn't really get to see the monsters very well um, but we did get to see a little bit of combat um now that i'm thinking about it was it third person yep or was it first person it's third, third person. person isn't it so it's third person there may be first person in it i can't remember there that was might some be scope come, in come moments that you could scope in i think gotcha. once or twice like through like a gotcha. sniper or dmr right so this this game it looks visually stunning the world looks very interesting um I compared it to Destiny, but it seems a lot more realistic and gritty compared to what Destiny is, and that that's not a negative towards Destiny because I think Destiny fits that the mold that it is very well. But it does remind me of of this almost Fallout esque world, but a lot more green and you know we've got crazy monsters and who knows what the story of this is. But this looks like something that has a lot of potential to be a really big. Um, game changer game and this is also an exclusive xbox title so um this this looks like the Isn't one it? to keep an eye out for i wasn't sh- i wasn't sure it was exclusive i know it's bioware's new game i don't know if you mentioned that which yes you- okay that's 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 the other thing it's bioware it's the it's the team that actually worked on the first two um mass effects mass effect games um so what what are your thoughts on it drew so i think it looked cool um I think it's definitely aiming for kind of that Destiny type game, Borderlands type game. Like they they called it a shared world shooter. Um, I kind of got a, a vibe of like Warframe meets Iron Man meets Destiny because like the Destiny vibe I got is like she downed an enemy and like picked up this gun and even said like, "Oh man, look how awesome this! Please be something good! Please be something good! Oh, it's this! I'm so excited!" Um, what I really thought was cool was um, I thought flying around was really cool. I thought it looked very next gen. It looked really new. yes. It, it just looked new, and uh, I think Bioware does great stuff. I'm interested in it. Um, I, I do want to clarify. I just looked it up. I do want to clarify. I was wrong. It's not exclusive to the Xbox. It is coming out for the PC xbox one and playstation 4 yeah i thought when because they teased it for the microsoft store um conference so i thought that it was um exclusive to that so it's not exclusive it's going to be on every console and every npc so continue your thoughts sorry yeah no i just thought it was cool i, I really liked there's a point where they're like they were about to fight something big or something that just happens in the world it's like a dynamic event that just shows up random encounter and they're like we're gonna be back or back up and then automatically like people just pop in that's really cool um and and the other thing that really i liked it like they ended it with the main character saying our story's out there which kind of hints at this idea that you know it's a it's kind of like what tommy was talking about a minute ago it's a game where it's this huge sandbox playground that's kind of got a loose story but it's really all about you and your friends going out and finding your own adventure making your own story that's the vibe i liked and that's what i liked about it because i i like that idea that you know the three of us can hop in and just take off and go discover something and get some cool loot and shoot some bad guys and fly around like iron man um looks so great yeah. I, I you know they said it's coming out in 2018 that's all i've ever wanted yeah yeah um 
I mean, if they were Gundams, I would be like on board 100. percent um, They're mini mechs, close they're enough. They're mini mechs, right? I, my only sad thing about it is it says it's coming in 2018, so I hope that means like early 2018. But uh, if mm-hmm. not, I mean, we could be talking two years from now or a whole year. From I do now. enjoy. I feel like the the video game season's usually in the fall, but I do enjoy yeah. when we get something like this year when we got the the Switch with Legend of Zelda, and we also got um, Horizon Zero Dawn. So. You know, I'm all for getting a really good game in the spring as well. So, yeah. what about you, Tommy? Did you get see anything about Anthem? Yeah, I've I've seen the trailer. There, the six or seven minute long gameplay footage, and it looks fantastic. I normally hate third person games, uh, but I think Battlegrounds has really kind of helped break that mold a little bit for me. Um, but this game looks fantastic. Honestly, I think this is kind of this may be my next Halo. Yeah. Um, Ooh, yeah. I can see that. I can see where that would be, could be a thing where it could definitely be a contender for one of these new um, series. Yeah. And once again, I'm all about the, the co-play, like the co-oping with, yeah. especially split screen. Um, once again, Rebecca and I, you know, we played through om- almost every Halo game. Um, and I've been waiting for another game that her and I can just sit down and kind of have that shared experience. And I know that when the next-gen consoles came out, it, it took a while. A lot of this stuff is, like, a lot of this is graphic-intensive, and this gameplay footage looks downright yeah. stunning. Um, yeah. And so I know that it's probably really taxing on the system for one person, let alone for two. But I think this is one of those games that I would actually be okay if I had to take a small graphic hit to do split screen co-op um but i think either way i'll I'll play this game just because the world that they've set up the um and just bravo to the artists and the people who've put their time into this because it it visually looks like it'll be a fun and fantastic game right i agree i'm Um, interested to see what bioware is going to do outside of an rpg because mm. I, the, the Mass Effect one and two are just amazing, and Mass Effect three is good too. Mass Effect one and two are just amazing, and you know I've been playing Andromeda a little bit, and it's not bad. Uh, the combat's really good, which makes me more hopeful for this like third person combat. It's made me kind of like third person combat, um, but I, I have faith in them, man. I, I I think they could do something really neat. I, 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 the thing I really like about this is. It's a brand new game, brand new world, brand new everything. We don't have all this luggage or baggage or expectations. They're not calling it Battlefront and people are going to get upset even though it's like a brand new game or kind of like what we were talking at the beginning of the show. This is brand new and it's kind of the excitement of not really knowing what it's exactly going to be like, but it looks awesome. Right. Cool. Well, I think definitely there's lots of cool stuff coming out. Um, you know, we all—I think we all agree—that the pirate game, uh, Sea of Thieves, looks like it's going to be the funnest and the one we're most looking forward to actually playing together. Um, I myself think Anthem was probably the one that visually was the most impressive, maybe bordering with Forza and you know, the, the that Dragon Ball Z game just looks super fun. And yeah, I'm not super into fighting games, but man, I might have to pick that up just for the nostalgic uh, factor into it. Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of our beginning of E3 coverage. Uh, we're going to do another episode where, uh, where we talk about the Sony conference and some of the other bigger conferences, so check that out if you are interested in that. And uh, do y'all have anything else to add before we close out? 
Nope. Cool. All right. So now's the part of our show where we close out with our segment we like to call, What Are You Binge Watching? It's a segment where we talk about what we've been spending our free time on, whether it's a game, whether it's a TV show or a movie. And especially with all this talk of E3, I think it's great. It's good for us to close out with talking about what we've been spending some time on. So I will go first. Um, I'm still binging um, The Flash. I think I only has, have like three episodes left. But um, before that, because it's about an hour long, sometimes it's nice to have a show that's a little bit shorter. I have been killing some Archer. Oh, man. Archer's and so good. <laughs> if you have never seen Archer just warning you now it's extremely inappropriate but it is uh this this cartoon cell shaded um show about a spy named mallory art or sterling archer sorry i must call them another character but there's all of these crazy characters that are super well developed as the show goes on and there's like six seasons and if you like spy movies or those old spy you know uh even if you don't or even if you don't, uh, yeah. that's true. It's super fun. That That's the reason I love it, is I used to love the old Bond movies, and it's just so funny, all the stuff that kind of relates to that. But no, you're right, Tommy. Even if you don't like the spy genre, it is so funny. So if you if you need a, a really funny show that you're going to pick up all kinds of sayings, oh, Danger it's, Zone. it's such a great show. Danger Zone. Danger phrasing. Zone. Are we seriously not doing phrasing anymore? So that that's what I've been binging, and I, I I know both of y'all watch Archer, so I understand y'all y'all know how much I've been enjoying watching it, and it's so easy to get through like three or four episodes because they're like twenty minutes long. Uh, so uh, Drew, what have you been been binge watching? So for me, um, I'm back on the Zelda Breath of the Wild train. I just Ooh. like just in the last day or two, I've started picking it up. We got it on the Wii U. We don't have a Switch yet. But I love that, like, me and my wife will be hanging out. She'll be watching something on the television. Um, and uh, I'll be just hanging out in Hyrule, shield surfing and beating shrines. And, man, if you've not played Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, it's just, it's a masterpiece. It's so good. Um, so I've been, I've been back into that pretty heavy. You gotta love it. It's it's by far, I think, the best Zelda game ever, which is which is high praise because there are some really good Zelda games. Um, so. Oh, yeah. That's where I, I've been I at. Almost, I almost bought a Nintendo Switch because Target had one like this weekend while I was there, and I just stared at it for like five minutes <laughs> and was like, "I could buy you right now." Listen, all the I, all the issues that the Switch have, like, and there are, there are a few. They've got a lot right. Some stuff they didn't get wrong, but like there are there are few games that like I would say are worth buying a console for. But Zelda is definitely worth buying the Switch for, in my opinion. Like, it's definitely oh, it's so good. I'll get one eventually yeah. just to play it on the go. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, Tommy, closing this out. What have you been spending your time on? What have you been binging? I've been binging the second season of Attack on Titans. Ah, I forgot that's out. Yeah, I just finished. It actually dropped um, or started the second season. However, I don't know if it's still going or what, um, but it, it dropped the like two days after I finished the first season. Coincidentally, I had no clue the second one was coming out. I remember coming to the end of the first season and being like, there there better be follow-up to this crap. And uh, sure enough, um, so I'm enjoying it. It's it's a good it's a good little anime. It's different. The art style was unique to me. Uh, took, a, took a little bit to get into, uh, but it's good. 
gotta you gotta give those animes like a good three four episodes before you can decide whether to give it a shot or give it let it go but try gun oh the first episode of attack on titans i think i watched it like four times or or it took me four tries to get through the first episode and i didn't think i was Mm -hmm. gonna make it but i'm I'm glad i stuck out with it I think we've talked about it before, or I've talked about it with somebody where, you know, I said Attack on Titan, you've got to give it that three or four episodes because, you know, it's interesting, but there's one point somewhere in the third or fourth episodes where it just shifts and it just takes off from there. And like, if you've seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you haven't seen it, when it happens, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, but it's definitely worth a try. I don't think I ever got there. I think I'm like two episodes in and was like, "Ah, I don't I don't, I don't yeah. see what the fuss Tr- is about. Trust this. me, trust me. You need to make it to this point because is it's, it it's is it dubbed yet? Because like that's no. my thing. I have such a no. hard time watching sub. My wife can watch Sailor Moon subbed all day long, learning Japanese because of it. I'm just like <laughs> I don't want to read. I just want to watch it. I know that's like the biggest mm. first world lazy problem in the world. Nah, there's a lot of friends that I have that won't watch uh sub stuff with me the only the only anime that i will watch dubbed is um cowboy bebop ah oh i have news on that but we'll have to talk about it another time but oh yeah you have to tell me when we're when we wrap this i will i will all right so that's our show guys thanks for joining us check out our next episode as we continue talking about e3 and um yeah you guys are awesome thanks for joining us see you next time (laughs) We'll <laughs>